one of the things, if you're new to the church, my name is Errol McFadden. I'm the lead pastor here. One of the things that I absolutely hope that we are doing as a church, that whole being real with God, real with each other, and real in the world. The goal is not just that we get um, an awesome group of people that collect on a weekly basis and gather and worship God, period. Our goal is that we're exporting something into the community, that we're exporting not just Christians into the community, but we're exporting a picture of the gospel to the community. So that, that we're actually exporting out more healthy individuals that are, are experiencing recovery from the stuff that broke them up. And so CR is amazing. But with Nick Olson's help, man, I just, I love that the landing has come back. This is, a, a, as it was all said, was just a student ministry thing where, again, it's not just recognizing adults need a place where they can be completely honest and completely authentic, but that we have that for students as well. And so be praying for that. If you're like, man, that just kind of like fires me up. I'd love to be a part of that. Or that might be something that might help me. Talk with myself, talk with Nick Olson. We'll plug you in and get you connected um, with how you could be, have a deeper role in that. It's just so, so very cool. All right, well, I'm super excited. We're in a brand new series, and it's called Purpose Driven Life. You probably have heard that before. Maybe you haven't, but it answers the question, what on earth am I here for? That's an important question. It's an important question because it's a biblical question. Um, the, the author of Psalm uh, 90, verse 12, said this, teach us to what? Number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days so we may gain a heart of wisdom. Do you, know, do you have an idea of how many days you're going to live? Do you? No, well, I do. It's this, 28,891 days. This is on average, okay, in America. We found that, uh, we did the math this week, and you can be confident in this because I didn't do the math. But this is basically, on average, an American, on average, will live 28,891 days. So just figure out how old you are and then subtract. And that's how much you got left. As long as you don't have like a near miss. But some of us in this room have. Some of you have had a, like, it was this close and you could have like bought the farm. Like, you know, like the, the bus nearly hit you. Or, or maybe you had a heart attack or some health scare where you're like, oh man, I will never be the same because I had this health scare and I woke up realizing it, my life and death was like that close. Or for, you know, it, or some of you, it was just like you were, you were driving and you, you fell asleep at the wheel or you nearly fell asleep at the wheel and all of a sudden you go, and you have that, that jerk move, right? Where it's like, like this and all of a sudden you white knuckle it the rest of the way home. I mean, you're just like, I will never drive that dumb again. Anyone ever do that? Okay. Yeah, you should all be ashamed of yourself for driving so drought. But anyway, that's, uh, that, we have these moments. For me, this was when I was 14 years old. I've told you the story before, but when I was 14 years old, that's when I was skateboarding to uh, youth group. And as I'm going to youth group, I was crossing a crosswalk. I was looking one way, was not looking the other way, and got creamed by a, a Honda CRX going 45 miles per hour. Bam! Hit me. Scott, you would have loved doing the insurance on that. It was crazy. Because like, wow, what do we do with this? And, and, I, and it's like, I was like flying all over the place. It looked like a rag doll, and he chucked me off. And I stood up and walked away from it. And I told the car. Okay, so you come away from that and you think one of two things. Either God is great or Errol is great. <laughs> and I knew it wasn't Errol is great. Because I was like, like, at the time, skinny 14-year-old skateboard body. I should have like gotten hit by that CRX and just like buckshot splattered across the McDonald's. You know, like, where's Errol? There. You know, that, 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 that's what should have happened. But it was after that that all of a sudden I'm encountering all these adults. Adults who've lived long enough to realize that life goes by very quickly, 
adults that have had near misses themselves, and all of them are like, oh man, your guardian angels must have all gray hair, and that was a near miss, and you're like, you know, all, all these things, and I'm like, yeah, I guess it was. And for the first time in my life, something that occurred to me at 14 is something that occurs to other people when they get older, just that this life, it's quick. I mean, it's quick. Even if you don't get hit by a CRX, it's quick, Right? And so the purpose of this whole series is to recognize that out of the 28,891 days, subtracting your age, whatever you have left, we're going to take 40 days. We're just going to take 40 days, the next six weeks, we're going to take 40 days to figure out how to do that well, how to do that biblically, how to do that not on accident, because we don't want people that are, I'm, I'm following God and living for God on accident. We want people living on purpose, because Scripture calls us to number our days and live accordingly, to live wise and to follow His lead. And so we're doing 40 days to do this. We think this is a really, really important series um, for anyone, whether you're a brand new Christian, you're a aged Christian where you feel like you know all the answers, or if you're someone who's yet to cross over and become a Christian, you just have lots of questions. Because this answers the deepest questions of life. What on earth am I here for? Does my life have meaning? Do I matter or not? And those answers are found in Scripture. And so we're, we're, we're telling everyone, seriously, go ahead, like on your way out of here, buy one of these books. It's like a, a devotional. It's like not even like reading through and, oh, I got to the end because I'm a great reader. It's like a daily devotional of a couple of pages. And so it's something that everyone could do, but it keeps bringing us into Scripture to see what God is saying about our ultimate purpose. And so if you're a high schooler on up, this is a book for you. It's, it's, and the devotions start today. So pick that up. Sign up for a group. We think that everyone should be signed up for a group. If you're not signed up for a group, I don't want to say that you're missing out but you're totally missing out. So make sure you sign up on your way out and um, you, won't, you will not regret that. Right now, we're, we're gonna, what we do on the weekends though is we're going to be coming back to key passages. And the passage we're launching the whole series with is this passage. We're going to be zeroing in on a couple of verses in the midst of that, but we really want to get to the whole thing. So if, if you've got your Bibles, open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. If you've got a Bible on your phone, you're going to want to see this for yourself. This is Paul, the Apostle Paul, who's writing this little church. We actually did a series in Colossae. And, and the church was like, seriously, they're right around 30 to 40 people. So it's this, like, like this section right here would be like a mega church, okay? There's, that's a lot of people. And then Paul, the, the letter that we get in the book of Colossians, it, this is a letter written to this dinky little church that mattered so much that they wrote this. And Paul's like basically saying, this world is crazy town, and following God is difficult. And if you're going to do that, you need to know the foundational reality. And he starts with, in the first chapter, some of the most amazing theology you're going to find for anyone who wants to follow Jesus. So if you're someone that wants to follow Jesus, or you're someone that has questions about following Jesus, Colossians chapter 1 is it, man. It's awesome. So if you could stand as we read God's Word, we're going to be reading starting in verse 9. This is Paul again writing this dinky little church, and he says this, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through, the, through, the, through all, all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Verse 10, So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in, in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Okay, real quick, every single person in this room has something in common. All of us, if it's up to us, are disqualified. 
Like our life does that. We're just disqualified. And, and if we're honest, we, we can admit that. The good news of the Bible is not try real hard and you can, you can get qualified. The good news of the Bible is God has chosen in his love to qualify us, the disqualified. Isn't that awesome? We're not, we're not talking about that, but we can't like jump over that. That's amazing. Okay, verse 13. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the, of the son that he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. Okay, this next part, this is the zero, what we're zeroing in on. And a lot of people think this was like the Hillsong United like worship song of the early church that Paul's just quoting. But that's like basically verses 15 and following. It says this. And listen as you hear all of the alls that you're hearing in this passage, all things, all, etc. Just listen to that. All the stuff about Jesus. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Okay, so one of the, the, the reason that we're doing this series, the reason we're doing purpose-driven life is because it's not because the world has lost its way. A lot of people think the world has lost its way. We know that scripture says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And absolutely, there's a lot of people who don't know Jesus, so they, they don't have the way. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. But a, 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 I, I think a, a huge crisis in the midst of that problem is that there's a whole bunch of people who haven't lost the way. They've lost their why. See, we have a lot of Christians who know the way, but they have forgotten the why. They're living, they like put their trust in Christ the way, and from that point on, they have no idea why they're living and why they're doing what they're doing or what motivation that comes from. And, and so what we're trying to do is zero in on how do we return to the why, the why that Scripture gives us on why, what is the purpose of your life? What is your why? And if you want to know kind of what your why is, think about it through the lens of these two exercises. I, I came up with this this week. Um, I tried it out on the, uh, the previous two services that went, okay, if this bomb's here, I'll never do it again. But this is the and then exercise and the why exercise. This is the dude, where's my car exercise. And this is the toddler question. Um, if you saw dude, where's my car, you remember that scene with Ashton Kutcher? This looks like a crowd that probably saw dude, where's my car? Some of you. All right, you know what I'm talking about. And then there's the toddler question. So first off, start off with the uh, Ashton Kutcher question. Um, you go, go to a typical 17-year-old, okay? And so high schoolers, uh, high schoolers, junior hires, high schoolers, and college students. Let me just talk to you real quick because the truth is, is that adults ask you the dumbest question about your future. What is that question? What do you want to be when you grow up? Like you're going to be your vocation. What are you going to be? That's your, 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 whatever your vocation is, that's your identity, which puts a whole lot of pressure on you when you're 17 to figure out what am I going to not just do, but be. My being comes from this vocation. Dumb question. And, and, and the thing is, is that a lot of people, they, they put all of their weight into that, that type of thing. And ultimately, high schoolers, um, yeah, you, you end up seeing that this is a bad, that's a bad question. This is a better question. This is the and then question. This is basically allows you to figure out what are the, what's the next step to, and the ramifications of all the decisions you make. So for example, you're in high school, you're 17. 
what are you doing? Uh, I'm in high school. Cool. Good. And then? Then I'm going to go to college or trade school or something. Great. And then? I'm going to get a great job. Great. That's awesome. And then? Well, the job's going to pay a lot. So I'm going to use that money to buy an awesome house, um, a better house than I grew up in, like a really cool house, like house that is nice. And, and, and I'm going to get the, the truck that I want. I'm going to get a boat, uh, maybe a couple seats. It's going to be so cool. It's going to be awesome. That's, that's so cool. You got to invite me over. And then? Uh, well, and there's somewhere I'll probably have a family. I'll probably get a family and, uh, uh, you know, get a wife and, and uh, maybe have some kids and stuff. Cool. Congratulations. And then uh, uh, Disney World? I, I think that's the next step. Um, and then, and so we're, we're basically, yeah, we're going to do, we're going to go on cool vacations. We're going to have an awesome life. We're going to have, we're, we're going to have cool vacation. It's going to be so cool. I can't wait for my future. That's so great. Buy me a t-shirt. And then well, then the kids are getting kind of old, so we're probably going to start sending them off to college. Ooh, and then, well, then I'm working harder because I got to pay for the college. Okay, yeah, got it. And then, um, I don't know, we're kind of empty nesters, and, and uh, let's just say we uh, work, 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 and then, uh, but one day I get to retire. I get to retire, and finally I, get, I don't have to work anymore. Oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Gold watch. And then? Um, I think there's only one answer to the end then after that, which is Florida. And <laughs> the villages. And then I'm, all of a sudden I get to retire and, and finally just be able to enjoy each day. It's going to be so cool. Awesome. And then I, I, I guess I die at that point. Okay. And then I don't know. I don't really know the answer to that question. There's no more and thens on that. And then all of a sudden, you just have a chance to, in a moment, look at a whole lifetime and how, why so many people that are close to the end of their life say, it happened so quick. They didn't really process through the and thens on the front side. The why question, the toddler question, this is even more zeroing in on, on, on what the whole essence of that is. Um, when you ask a typical 17-year-old why, you know, um, why are you in high school? Well, it's, it's the law and it's illegal not to. I've tried to, okay, I got it, got it. Okay, but um, like, what are you doing? Uh, I'm trying to get decent grades or work hard. Why? So I get into a good trade school or college. Cool. Okay, Why? Well, so that I can make awesome money and, and get a good job. And, 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 and if I have a good job, then I have good money. Okay, why? Well, I, I, I want to make money so that I can ha have the freedom to enjoy my life and, and go on cool vacations and have the stuff that I want. Why? Well, because those, not having those things makes life stressful. You don't have finances or you don't have the ability to be in a good career. Or you don't have a, the ability to enjoy life. You, you're, you get stressed out and, you're, and, and, and I don't want that. Why? Well, because I don't want to be unhappy. Why? I don't know why. No one wants to be unhappy. But here's the thing. I'm not just, I'm going to have a relationship too. It's not just me. I want to have like a relationship. I, like, I either want to have like a, a romantic relationship or maybe I'll just have good friends and I'll be a single guy. And, that, and, that, and that's, I'm just, but I want to plug into relationships. Cool. Congratulations. Why? Because I don't want to be alone. Why? I don't know why, but here's the thing. It's not just about my finances. It's not just about my friendships. Those are important to me. And I don't know why, but I mean, they are important to me. But I'm, I'm a giver too. I'm going to be a humanitarian. Great. That's awesome. Why? Why? Because this world is broken and messed up. And so I want to make a difference. 
Why? Well, because the world is like, it's got, you got all these terrible things happening. Why? I don't know why. Oppression, greed, bigotry, hatred. The world is just messed up. Why is it messed up? I don't, people are terrible, that's why. And, and here's the thing, I feel like at least I get a part to, be, to make a difference in this world. Why? Because when I help somebody who can't give back to me, there's something inside that clicks that that's a good thing. Why? I don't know. I don't know why. It just is. See, at the end of the question, for both of these exercises, leaves you, I don't know. And that I don't know leads to really poor decisions throughout your life where you end up making decisions in the moment and you end up making regretful decisions that you look back on and say, my life was so empty and that was not, I wasn't living for my truest why. But the truth is, is that if you want to be able to live out your truest why, you can't just say, what do I want? What am I passionate about? What am I skilled to do? What do I want for my five-year plan or my 10-year plan or where do I want to retire? You got to, if you want your truest why, not just your why for success, but if you want your truest why to be something that you're firing on, you have to go backwards. You have to go beyond what do I want? What am I skilled in? You got to go beyond even your family of origin or your country of origin. You always have to go backwards. Any story anyone's telling that's worth telling, it always comes back to asking deeper questions about the source of that. Where did that come from? And you see it in nonfiction. You see it with Star Wars. Star Wars is made, but what has Disney been doing? They've been pouring millions into dollars to answer the why. The why behind each one of the characters that you got to know, this was great, but it wasn't enough. We have to know where they came from. What's their backstory? Wolverine, the same thing. Back in 2000, the trilogy comes out, but that wasn't good enough. We had to go back and find out their origins, and we had to go even further back to find out the origin of the group and the mutants in the first place. Lord of the Rings. You got the Lord of the Rings trilogy. They make that first. They go back and make the prequel, The Hobbit, and then they go back thousands of years before that, Amazon Prime is currently doing, to tell the story and the the mythology that led to all of these. Why? So that we understand these people better, their world better, who they are better. And that's exactly what Paul's doing in Colossians. In Colossians, Paul's saying, if you want to know your ultimate purpose, if you want to know the why, the truest why in your life, you can't start with you. You have to go further back. You got to go back to Christ. And that's why in that section, in that, the section that we're covering, he says this, for in him, in Christ, all things were created. He is the source. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. It goes on to say, he is the beginning. And so the first thing, if you want to know your truest why, you have to understand this. Jesus is the source of my why. And if you're a Christian, this is a massive game changer. Because if you don't designate this, you unconsciously designate a why. And so your why is, um, I want to be successful. And so you pour your life into that. Or, or I, want to, I want to have a relationship. And you pour your life into that. I want, to, I want to be someone who's athletic and healthy for the longest time as I possibly can. You pour your life into that. All these are, these are bad things. These are all good things. The problem is, is that when that becomes your why, all of a sudden you've made the purpose of your life something that is bound to let you down. Everything, every why Outside of Christ, every why that you invest in will die, disappear, or become expired, or let you down. I mean, if you want alliteration, die, disappear, or disappoint. That's every, every why. Good whys, family, relationships, success, 
Wonderful things. If that is your reason for being, you will be one of the people that gets to the last chapter of your life with regret and wishing you could have a reboot. Jesus, I will put whatever you have as a why, if you think it's amazing, that's awesome. But I'll put Jesus up against any one of them. Any one of them. He is the why. He is the foundation. He is the source. Everything being created by him and for him informs us that if we want to know what we're really, really all about, we have to go to him. Okay, I've been having car problems recently. Um, car problems are no fun. Any have car problems recently? Yeah, no fun. It's, it's terrible. I hate cars. I want to go back to horses. Because <laughs> I can't shoot my truck. It's ter- so, but here's the thing. That, that, that got dark quick. I'm sorry. All right, check this out. But there's no transmission on a horse. But here's the thing. One of the things that you have to know about, about vehicles is this. I'm pretty ignorant. And so if I went into a mechanic and I'm like, hi, how's it going? I've got a problem and my car is not working. What are they going to ask me? They're going to ask me what's wrong with it. Uh, engine don't work. <laughs> what's the next question? They're probably going to ask me, well, what's the make and model of the car? Because if you're telling me an engine, it's a Toyota, that might be different than if it was a Ford. See, I need to know who made your car to know, to be able to diagnose how to resolve the damage that's been done to it. If I know who crafted, who manufactured your vehicle, that'll better inform me on how to best diagnose how to resolve that problem. When you understand who made something, you understand that it has an owner's manual, you understand what it was designed for. Even in vehicles, vehicles are designed for different things. I'm not a NASCAR buff. I don't know anything about NASCAR. Some of you do. But I'm pretty sure that they don't like race at NASCAR races dump trucks. It'd be awesome if they did. I would watch that. But they don't. You know why? Dump trucks are not designed for racing. You know what they don't do? Guys on construction sites, they don't haul cement and cinder blocks in Kias. They're not designed for that right? And so the reality is, is that when you know who made something, you know what that thing was designed for, created for, and how to best diagnose the issue. Jesus is, he's the one who created everything. He created you, he created the world, and so he is the one who's the best source to understand what we were created for. If you've got anyone other than Jesus, you are tweaking, you are like racing a massive dump truck (laughs) in NASCAR thinking that it's going to be effective. You weren't designed for that. Jesus is the source of my why. But here's the thing. Some of you might be like, okay, that sounds like something you'd hear in church. It's religious. Um, everything's about Jesus. Everything's about Jesus. And so, so basically you're saying that my whole life has got to be just, I, I just read the Bible and I just sing worship songs. And I just try to be a good person. And I'm just going to go, you know, over to Rockdale or somewhere and find a cave. To, I don't know if they've got caves in Rockdale, but I'm going to go over to find a cave someplace and just like sit there and read the Bible and, and just light incense and worship God and be a monk or something. That's like the essence of life. There's got to be more than that. In fact, I, I look around and I see all these people and I think that I know there's more than that. And you're absolutely right. Because if Jesus is the source of my why, we understand what else we're intended and purposed to be all about. In fact, one of the most famous passages about Jesus that I think all of you probably have memorized is John 3.16. It starts off with this. For God so loved what? Look at you. You should be proud of yourself. That's awesome. For God so loved the world. That's right. It's not just like, I want you to just worship me. Just worship me, worship me. No. For God so loved the world that what? 
and he gave his only son. That's how much the world matters to God. And so if you, if Jesus is your foundation, you absolutely have to recognize that the lives of others is significant, has value and worth and dignity. If Jesus is my why, people matter. And this forces a Christian that takes the Bible and the gospel seriously to say, what you need to do in me is fix the fact that I have a hard time with that statement. Because I've got a list, a short list of people that I feel are valuable and worthy of dignity. But I have a much longer list that has a bunch of people that I'd rather just kick to the curb. And I don't know why you haven't, right? And so the reality is, is that if, if Jesus is my why, people matter because all people were created by God. And then that's something that's just so important. This also matters because if, if, G, if people matter, that means that the people that you go to school with really matter. The people that you work with, even the annoying ones, really matter. They really matter. And that forces us to go, oh my gosh, I, I might be someone who works, works on taxes, or I might be someone uh, who's a garbage uh, pickup dude, or I might be someone who's a receptionist, and I'm just doing this for the paycheck so I can pay the rent or I can pay the mortgage. But the truth is, is that you are engaging on your life purpose every time you open the door to your house and exit. Every time you, you're sitting in your living room with anyone that's in there, you are existing with part of your life purpose because people absolutely matter. And if you think about it, it's more than that even. I mean, just look at the rest of that verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that what? Whoever. Okay, so this is not just like the world. God so loved the world. All right, everybody in. God so loved the world. And then he gives an option. God loves everybody. And he gives the option to receive his love. Receive it or reject it. Now, here's the deal. I did this. I did this. I was one of the whoever's. At eight, like, like seven, eight years old, I was a whoever that believed in him and, and, and will not perish and have everlasting life. I did that at eight. And th the cool thing is this. John, who recorded this about Jesus, is not saying, whoever believes in Jesus, you're going to heaven. That's true, but that's not what he's saying. He's saying, whoever believes in him, everlasting life starts today. Everlasting life starts today and then it bypasses the last breath that you have and you experience it for the rest of eternity. It starts today. Whoever believes in him will not perish. And again, I, I did this when I was a little kid. I, when I became a Christian, I did not know everything about being a Christian. I did not have all of my questions answered. I didn't. I didn't know about the Trinity a whole lot. I didn't know like, I mean, honestly, there's so much about the, the Bible. I, I, I didn't even really, I wasn't even really reading this. Here's what I did know. I am a broken person at 7, 8. I figured that out. I realized that I want to do good and I don't do it. And then I'm like, but I'm going to be good from here on out. And that lasted like 15 minutes. I realized that there's something reoccurring inside of me that drives me away from who I'm intended to be and designed to be. And it's pretty hopeless. But then I heard that there's hope. And the hope is that Christ loves me. And because Christ loves me, all of a sudden I've got this opportunity to experience forgiveness for anything that I've ever done and anything that I will ever need forgiveness for. And then it wasn't because I'm so good or I could earn it or one day I'm going to be great. It's because he just loves me and he just does that. And now I can experience everlasting life from that point on. That was something that I knew from like seven or eight years old on. Have there been speed bumps? 100%. Questions? Sure. Do I have it figured out today at 45? I don't. But, I, but that was me. And that's many of you too. Many of you are one of those whoever's. And that's part of your why. 
Because if Jesus is the source of why, all of a sudden you realize that, you're, that if Jesus is my why, then you realize that your life matters. And this is so important. This is so significant. Because right now the third leading cause of teenagers' death between 15 and 19 is suicide. And, and that's, there's a lot of things and there's a lot of reasons for that. But the reason that we're seeing that becoming not less and less of a problem, but more and more of a problem, is not just mental illness. It's mental illness plus the gasoline getting poured onto it of purposelessness. I don't matter. The world would be better without me. I need to end it all. And the reality that you have of Jesus is your foundation is that is not true. Rick Warren put it this way. He said, There are accidental parents, but there are no accidental births. There are illegitimate parents, but there are no illegitimate children. There are unplanned pregnancies, but there are no unpurposed people. You matter. God has crafted you, he has created you, and you matter. Scripture says in Psalm 139 that he knits you together in your womb. That's on purpose. And so either God is a God who makes mistakes, or you're not a mistake. It can't be both. And I'm here to tell you, you are not a mistake. Your life matters and your life mission matters. And what that should tell you is this, every single day, even if you feel like you're the most backwards, untalented, least likely, most un, you know, the person that shouldn't even be accepted onto the team of Christianity, if that's you, you have a place and you have a mission and your life matters so much. Are you living for the ultimate purpose of your life or are you living for something else? And that, that's actually a question. Maybe you could ask people in your world. It might be a hard question to ask, but what, what would those closest to you say your life's why is? Like what, is the, the, what would the people closest to you say that your life, like you're, you're living, you're waking up each day for this reason. Like what drives you? Is it your career? Is it your family? Is it your shame? Is it your passions and your pleasures? What is it? Like, what, for you, is it, is it your aspirations? What is driving you? And what would the people closest to you say? Because that's an important question. It's a question that actually, um, and I've talked about this before, but the lead singer of Nine Inch Nails asked. Um, back in 94, Trent Reznor, um, I don't know if there's any Nine Inch Nails fans in here, but um, Nine Inch Nails, not a Christian band. Um, <laughs> if you li- listen to them on Spotify later, you'll find out. But Trent um, in 94 writes this song called Hurt, and it's one of the most incredibly honest songs um, that, that came out of this um, kind of house industrial um, rock band. And, the, and Hurt is written about the fact that I get to the end of my life and I've poured my life into everything that should make me happy, whether it's the, the women or the fame or the drugs. And now when I take drugs, I mean, I, I'm, just, I'm just, the needle is hitting my vein just so I can feel if I still feel. My life has become so numb. Do I even hurt anymore? I mean, and the song, is, it's a slow song, but it's intense. Well, in the 2000s, somebody decided to cover Nine Inch Nails' song, Hurt, and that person was an unlikely person. It was Johnny Cash, <laughs> which is like, I don't know how, if you think of Johnny Cash as a Nine Inch Nails fan or not, but I wouldn't. But Johnny Cash decides to, to cover that song and do so without telling Nine Inch Nails, which is something probably only Johnny Cash can do. 
So he, 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 cover, he records the song, but then he does more than record the song. He makes a video for the song, and he sends it to Nine Inch Nails to watch. And, and if you look it up on YouTube after this, I encourage you to, to, to watch it on YouTube. He, with guitar and a piano, sings through Hurt and sings through all the same lyrics, talking about fame and drugs and pleasure and the numbness that comes from it. But he, he does it sitting in this room, sitting at this table with spoiling food, this opulent room full of riches. And, and you start to see footage of the, the museum that showcases all of these amazing things that he's done, but it's now closed to the public because nobody cares anymore. All that he was living after and living for all those years is done. And then, and then it keeps on flashing back to pictures of him younger and, and impressing the crowd and then flashing back to the museum where the, the records that once were so important to him just don't matter anymore. And as the, the scenes just keep on flashing over and over, seeing even the people that he invested in that are gone now, the, the people that he loved that are now aged now, all of a sudden you experience a Johnny Cash who is talking about all that you have lived for is over. And as depressing as that sounds, all of a sudden in the last couple of seconds of the song, the beat kicks in and the piano just keeps on going as the final lyrics start to drop and flash into all the pictures of all of the past of him being young and him singing now as an older man, you start seeing pictures of Jesus Christ. Because the one difference between, the one of the differences between Trent Reznor and Johnny Cash is that Johnny Cash eventually surrenders his life to Jesus late in the game. And all of a sudden he discovered his why. And the way the story goes is that that tape gets to Trent Reznor's trailer while the Nine Inch Nails are on tour. And he watches the whole song. The song that he wrote in 94, his words, but now coming out of Johnny Cash's aged, veteran, experienced mouth and watches the, <laughs> the table full of food and drink that are wasted with no one sitting at the table with him and gets to the end with Jesus Christ as being the final thing that Johnny's landing on. And the video ends and Trent Reznor weeps. He starts ugly crying, watching the words of a person who's been there and experienced it and ultimately found his why that perhaps Trent had yet not experienced. What on earth are you here for? I want to challenge you with this. What if we went back and we tried that same exercise over again, the and then and the why? But we're talking to a, a, a Christian kid Okay, a kid that's in 360, 17-year-old who's not perfect. Um, they make some good moves, and then they make some bad moves. Um, they asked a girl out to homecoming last night, but it went terribly wrong, and they're just they're making mistakes right and left, but they love Jesus. And so you're asking that kid, um, what are you doing? Well, I'm in high school. And then? Well, then I'm going to go to college. Cool. And then? Well, then I'm going to get plugged into a job where hopefully I can make a difference in this world. You know, whether it's a plumber or a pastor or a pediatrician, I want to be living on purpose, making a difference in this world and being around people that might listen to me that will never, ever listen to my pastor. That's awesome. And then maybe I get a family or maybe I won't. I'm not sure. And then, well, hopefully plug into my community, 
my church community and I start making a difference in the community that I'm in so that the people that I'm living next to and so that the people that I'm working with or I'm going to school with, they're a little bit closer, just a little bit closer to Jesus than if I wasn't there. And then, Florida, the village is. Congratulations. And then, and then I die. And then, and then I get to meet the one who did all of this, who held me together and restored me and gives me eternity to explore the wonder of his life and his love. Go back to that same 17-year-old. Why? You're in high school. Why? It's the law. Yes, I, okay, got it. And I'm getting good grades. Why? Well, so I can get into a good college or trade school or something like that. Why? So I can learn a lot and be great at what I do. Why? Because no matter, matter what my job is, I want to re- realize that I'm on a mission from God and that I can make a difference in this world with the people that I work with. Why? Because this world is horribly broken and needs God's brand of love and rescue. Why? Sin. But here's the deal. God is bringing healing to this world and I of all people get to be a part of it. Why? I don't know. I don't know why he chooses to use me. But if I had to guess, I I think it probably would come down to the fact that he loves me. Why? Because the same book that gives me purpose reminds me of who God is. And the Bible says that God is love. If Jesus is the foundation of your why, you will not have the experience of someone who doesn't have that. You won't have your life ending with the confusing answer, I don't know. Why did you live this way? I don't know. What are you living for? I don't really know. You'll ultimately always end up with the answer, God is love and he loves you and he has a purpose for you. No matter who you are, you have an opportunity to step into that. It takes about 40 days to start a habit. So we're going to take 40 days and let the reality of Scripture wash over us and condition us and cause in us the type of perspective that makes us be the people who are living purpose-driven life and we know what we're doing on this earth and we're living it out. Amen? Man, start today. Jump into those groups. Start that devotional. Let this be something that you step into in a big way. Let's stand for prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for the fact that you didn't simply create us to make us like puppets or robots. Lord, you call us into an adventure. You call us into a life of following your lead, of your purpose. Lord, it's so easy to get sidetracked and forget what our ultimate purpose is, what our why is, or to make it something that we're living for that is not sustainable. It will only let us down and discourage us along the way. God, I pray that you, wherever we're at, you keep bringing us back to the source. Take us backwards to realize that you are the source. You are our creator. We are created by you and we're created for you. And Lord, as we see the difference that that makes in our life and our perspective, no matter what the circumstances of our life, no matter what types of things get thrown into the mix, where our plans get frustrated, our ultimate purpose will not We have you to thank for that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. All right, let's go live it out. We will see you next week.